Hello, friends. Welcome to That's Pretty Woo. Conversations about life, beauty, and magic. Because talking it out makes us all more connected. We're your hosts, Jordan Medina and Kayleen Seuss, two friends navigating the balance between making time for our work and passions while trying to be present in everyday life as mothers, partners, and citizens of the universe. Okay, let's chat. Happy almost Valentine's Day, Kayleen. Mm -hmm. Today, we are diving into the topic of love and woo. This conversation could go in a bunch of different directions, so we're going to flow with it like always. Start us off with something light. What kind of Valentine's Day person are you? I'm kind of into it. Like, I don't take it that seriously, but I also like it. Um, Yeah. We don't, like, decorate a ton for Valentine's Day in our house, though I'm always open to finding, like, cute but modern, like, West Elmy vibes. I don't know. yeah. But I, I like getting gifts for the kids. Yeah. Like we have cute little PJs that are from Gap. They're like little hearts that they both have matching ones. Um, I like the Sweethearts candy. Me too. It's yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, it's not that good, but it's good. I know. I saw somebody was like, all the all the Sweethearts candy are back this year with your favorite flavors, like dried chalk. And they were like <laughs> yes. making a reference to it. And I was like, I do love all those like dried chalky flavors though. And they're probably in stock from last year. Like I think I think those things have a shelf life of like 10 years. Like they no taste about 10 fresh. years old. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. But I mean, Adam and I have done a date for Valentine's Day pretty much every year. We don't always go out on the night. Yeah, it's I don't I mean, it's kind of like overblown. I don't like going out on Valentine. I love celebrating Valentine's, but yeah. I do not like the whole like, you know, I had these chef friends and they were always yeah. like so funny about like people who came out on like to the restaurants on like New Year's is a little less so but, but you, it's but, the same but I it is it's, it's like a, it's a prefix menu yeah. where it's like severely overpriced Everybody's out and you get the same thing as everybody else and mm-hmm. it's just like they hate doing it of course. and it's like I don't know. It just, it's, and to me, it's like that intention, you feel that. So yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's not good. Time, it is kind of nice to, to, to do it on the day, like, it's yeah. like to go out and like have it be the Valentine's day. So, I mean, I remember going to like a restaurant, my best friend in high school, we went to our local restaurant called Chesterfields in Hattiesburg and it was Valentine's night and okay. they're like gifting us these roses yeah. and it just felt so like, whoa, you know, but I love the idea of like a really nice meal on Valentine's. I usually yeah. cook something cook. like really that really out of the norm like I really like hone in on a recipe that sounds delicious like you know that sounds like a lot of pressure I like that I love a good meal (laughs) (laughs) and then I like to um do you guys do gifts you know we've never done a gift on Valentine's we're not we're not great about gifts in general Uh, he'll get me flowers Nathan's definitely Nathan's a good flower getter in general which is like I don't think I've ever dated somebody that's really gifted me flowers before so Mm -hmm. that's a good trait actually um so yeah, we kind of do that kind of stuff. But um, do you get him? So he gets you flowers. Do you get him anything? I mean, I do the meal. It's like okay. my my gift is this like decadent meal and dessert generally. Okay. And then like I don't know, you put something sexy on. Like that's that's all a gift, right? Yes, that is, <laughs> and it's a lot of work. It's work. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the day that happens. So do now you, you all any- know. Wilder so- is a Valentine's baby. If that's any. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If you want to have a Scorpio child, uh, get pregnant on Valentine's. Yes. And do you do you envision to shift gears as your family, like as your kids get older, like as that happens, like what do you think your the home will be like? Will you do like Valentine's Day pancakes? Like we don't have kids that are doing yeah. like gifts for school yet. I like, like, all like of that. my sister-in-law has a hutch that she decorates Valentine's yeah. style. So it has like pretty little things on there. And do then- they do Valentine's Day stuff for the... Uh, his daycare yeah they do and last year I've I've like always I've really vowed not to be the last minute mom anymore because it's like when you're the last mom to sign your name to what you're gonna bring you're chopping ham for (laughs) two-year-olds in your kitchen and that's what I've discovered so now I'm like first on the list to do everything last year I was I got the literal last box of Valentine's Kayleen at H-E-B and I was like (laughs) what on earth like the the aisle was empty they had one box and it was like behind something else and so it was wasn't so bad. It was like Dr. Seuss, which was appropriate. Oh, that works. Worked great. But I already got his for this year. I was like, we're going to do Mickey Mouse. Like he likes that. Yeah. You know, I, I went ahead and just like preemptively got it going. Yes. I don't want any last minute surprises, but I, yeah. yeah, my mom was, my mom's a really big gift giver. Mine too. And she sent, she sends huge Valentine's boxes for Wilder. So it's not like still, that. Oh, still. for Wilder. Even okay. for Wilder. And it, even for me, she'll send like a happy, like a $20 bill in a 
you know, a card. And that's nice. And growing up, I can remember certain gifts I got, like a balloon wrap stuffed animal, um, really? you know, things like that that they do from for Valentine's for Day Valentine's from, your parents. from my oh, parents. That's cool. So I don't know. I I like the idea of it, but it's again, yeah. it's sort of like getting in those routines and then like acquiring the decor. Yeah. It being something that you like long term. It being something that you feel like digging around in the attic to pull down yeah. and put up, especially right after you, right like after you just Christmas. cleaned up your house. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> but I love like certain aspects of it. I do love Sweetheart's Candy. Yes. So that's my Valentine's, but I don't hate it. Like people are like, it's a Hallmark manufactured holiday yes. about love and it, it makes other people feel crappy. And I, hey, maybe it might. That's, that's valid actually. It is. It like totally is. I mean, like you walk into Target and they like, they, it, everything's like so far ahead. Like you, you Valentine's Day happened in January at yeah, Target, you yeah. know? So it's like, in one respect, I've actually started to really appreciate that because it does help me like remember like, oh, hey, this is what's coming around the corner, you know? And it yeah. like, they've got like, Valentine's Day is February 14th. It is every year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is, I kind of like it though, from a standpoint of after New Year's, after Christmas, like it's that next thing on the calendar to be like, oh, okay. And who do I love? And what are my intentions for giving them yeah. a little bit of it, love and attention? And I like it as an opportunity to like appreciate my friends and my family and just kind of like, it, yes, it is like a very commercial holiday, but to also be like, but I can make it whatever I want and I can make it about like appreciation and love, which yeah. are two things I really value. Yeah. So it's like a good spot on the calendar for me to do that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, even if you're single, you know, I know it can feel hard to be like oh, left yeah. out of the mix or whatever, but I think. But Galentine's Day is such a Galentine's thing. Galentine's. We didn't have that when we were growing up. No. I mean, it was sort of a friendshipy holiday, you know, because you like had the but boxes at school branded. and all the things. But now it's I like think, got a name. I think, I mean, use it as like a day for self-care. I don't yes. know. Some self-love. Like, I yeah. feel like that would be my MO these days. I'd mm -hmm. be like, okay, I know on Valentine's I'm going to take like a ridiculous bath and yes. like do a facial and pamper yeah. my body and get myself a blowout and then like wear some perfume to bed because that's makes me feel sexy by myself. I yeah. don't know. So yeah. that's, that's my, that's my advice. Cause that's what I would do. Yeah. But also like, I mean, I definitely had sad Valentine's days and oh, there's yeah. a space for that too. Like, oh, especially yeah. if you're like, if you're not in a spot where you're like time for self-care, if you're in a spot where you're like, I'm sad. Yeah. Lean into it. Agree. Cause like Agreed. the only way out is through. And so I definitely had like <laughs> sad Valentine's days. Yeah. I don't really recall that many like fantastic Valentine's I don't days. Either. It's sort of an unremarkable holiday. I, in that was, I think the same thing. I think the same thing. Um, yeah. Like don't put this pressure on yourself that yeah. like here's what I'll say. If you if you're like in some sort of single situation where you like wish you weren't and you're feeling sad, feel sad, but also don't just feel like everybody out there is having like the greatest day under the sun because no, that's an illusion in your brain because <laughs> Valentine's, I, again, you're right. I can't think of a special, that special of Valentine's Day that's like really Gosh, I hope remarkable. that like Adam's not like listening to this and being like, but what about the like be like know, what about that time what about 2012 <laughs> like, oh, shoot, Nathan's not listening so I'm not worried <laughs> okay. but you know what I mean yeah like, no I do I do that's not very nice to say that but per, I mean that's just sort of how I feel about it and I will say like in looking back at my like relation and we're gonna take a trip down memory lane but I think that the most challenging one like holidays were when I was not single nor committed and I was just sort of out in no man's land with like some interests, yeah. sort of paying attention to me, but not really. Yeah. And that like, ugh, that's my least favorite zone to be in. Because yeah. like what you just said, how you described like the fully embodied single, like pamper yourself night, like that's every girl's dream yeah. at least one point in your life. But like the... Are, is he gonna call? Is he gonna text? Are we yeah. gonna do something? Should I get him a present? Oh God! I, I'd never really had that because the first year Nathan and I went on our first date about a week before Valentine's. Not even no. Oh, so no, three days before Valentine's, we went on our first date. So it was like actual Valentine's. We did not hang out. It was okay. like a no. So by the time it was Valentine's Day again, you had been together for a year. Yeah. Okay. So it kind of worked out well. And then before that, I don't know. Those were like, I mean, we're going to get into that now. Let's let's walk through our yeah. love histories. Um, 
So like <laughs> we have here zero to 10. Yeah. <laughs> what's I, your, what's your love history? So yeah. So my, I kind of thought this would be fun to do is just like talk about what love was like for us before, by the time we were 10. So yeah. like, I definitely had like a kindergarten love oh, me too. that I remember. And I, I don't know if it happened in kindergarten, but I know it was like a very young under 10 where there was like this boy that I really liked. And we like held hands the whole time in the back of the bus on the way to a, a field trip. Yeah. We went to um like we were studying John Muir. It was when I lived in California. And so we went out to like a forest and we went to John Muir's house, I oh. think. It was like a very like outdoorsy, yeah. romantic thing. And we like held hands the whole time. And then also by the time I was 10, there was a family friend, um, like our parents were all friends and we would hang out together. And that was when he and I first started becoming interested in each other and that was like a love and a relationship that lasted until I was in my 20s. So yeah. it like started that young, which is like sort of just crazy to think about that. I mean, I never would have thought that that is something that happens, but I mean, it happens oh, all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So I think love before, by the time up from zero to 10 is about like learning and like, yeah. what is it even? And like, you are only given so your exposure is so limited right. in that age to what like what you receive from your family, what you have access to. And I mean, it's such a change from like the 10 to 20 decade where you have a little bit more say in what's out there. I feel like mine was like, I remember I have like a kindergarten crush and I'm going to name names because like I don't care. And none of these people are listening to this podcast. Like I'm not going to because I, I can barely remember half of people's <laughs> but names. I remember all the girls had a crush on this boy named Stephen Page when we were in kindergarten. And <laughs> Stephen Page at one point slipped on the playground and hit his forehead on a brick oh. and ended up having to go get stitches in his Stephen. head. But our doctor was across the street. The doctor, for, like the pediatrician was across the street from this daycare or the school rather, day school. Uh -huh. And I remember all the girls were out like standing there, like during our preschool, knowing Stephen was getting his stitches and we're all doing our playground and they were blowing kisses across the street. And I just kind of like eye rolled at the blowing the kisses, but of course still had the crush on the Stephen page. And then I remember like he kissed my forehead behind the, um, there was like this like schoolhouse. It was like a bunch of little schoolhouses. And one of them had like roly polies that we would like go dig and find roly polies uh -huh. um, and feed crackers to. And um, they roly don't eat crackers. They do not no, eat crackers, okay. but we would do that. <laughs> um, and he, I remember he kissed me on the forehead and that, that was like my first like, Ooh, but yeah. then really I was like, Okay, I'm going to actually, I feel like in this episode, I'm unintentionally going to have a lot of Little Women references. And I'm referring mostly specifically to the Greta Gerwig Little Women because I just watched it. Oh, I still um, haven't seen it. But it's really good. But I, I was always a bit of like, oh God, the way Joe March feels about Lori, and this works for all Little Women. So and if you're, you're familiar to... with the story of Little Women. Okay, but I haven't. You I'm haven't? Ever, oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, so okay. you can use the references because um, I think I'm in the uh, minority. But okay, okay. Also... Yeah, I've got, I'm going to be very clear because I forget Kayleen is not familiar with Little Women. And me, I'm like, I know every incarnation of Little Women. I haven't read heart. the book and um, I've never seen a movie. Oh my God. I'm okay. sorry. That's okay. It's okay. So Joe jo March is like an independent, wily young girl who's like kind of a quirky, you know, like wants to be a boy, but like okay. writer, fiercely independent, but like we're, this is also Civil War era. So like unique for her, her, the time, but she's sure. like an up and coming, surrounded by sisters, you know, a, a childhood I feel quite connected to. And she had this neighbor, a wealthy gentleman named Lori. I mean, they're young. They're like children. And yeah. um, he's, you know, so just like taken by her um, uh -huh. throughout the book and they're best friends. And like, there's this feeling that she knows he likes her, but she's like, don't, don't ever say it, you know? And I had, so that was like yeah. basically me till I got to high school because I would be, I was always like one of the guys, girls. I always had guy friends. I had boys that we, we would walk home from school together. Cause I walked yeah. home from school and um, my stepbrother was basically my exact same age. And so it was like, you know, we would have, he would have his friends he thought were cute. I would have the girls he thought was cute yeah. over on the weekends and vice versa. So it was like, you always get in like close proximity, but then yeah. I would feel uncomfortable if anybody ever actually expressed interest. It, I still am this way today where if somebody comes on too strong with me, I immediately start feeling a little bit like recoiling. Do you like, think that's a projectorness about you? I think it's an Aquarian thing because oh, okay. Aquarians by nature are like fiercely independent and like uh -huh. in, in relationships can blow super hot and then cold. Uh -huh. And I feel like I would just be like hot than cold. And yeah. and so I think like- And like protecting like a vulnerability. I don't know like, if it's even that. No? It's like it's like truly just feel like like my feelings shut off. Huh, okay. And I'm like, don't, it's not there. And then the, the, uh, the feeling of somebody else putting that on me, it makes me feel like, oh, I got to get away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's not- 
not even like a protection thing. It's like a huh. no, I, it's like a, there's no feelings there type thing. So I felt a lot of that. But then in like middle school, late middle school, like I guess maybe it's junior high, seventh grade, eighth grade. So now grade. you're moving on to 10 to 20. Keep going. Okay. This is 10 to 20, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was a bit of a late bloomer in the way that I would still have people like boys express their interest in me feel really like we can't even be friends anymore because I feel so awkward because now you've ruined it. Uh-huh. it sort of, that was like the yeah. gist. Yeah. Um, and then I had a crush on a boy named like Matt Lowry. He was, an old, he was a year older than me and we were friends as well. Um, and he was like in my whole friend group, but it wasn't, I mean, this was definitely unrequited. Sorry, Matt Lowry. I don't, I'm sure you knew, but whatever. But you know, like friends and that you would hang out yeah. and like always trying to be around. And like, I, these were my most Gosh. awkward years of my life. So there was like, no chance for for me. And Matt Lowry's always like with some older girl. Like he was always with a girl two years older than him and he was a yeah. year older than me. So mm-hmm. it was not happening for me and Matt Lowry. But, um, and then I guess moving straight in to like my first boyfriend was this boy in high school, um, Davis Townsend, who was in my uh, youth group at the time. And we had like a, we went on a youth trip together and we like held hands all night on the beach. And then he was, I was like a very late bloomer. So he was like my first everything. He was my first kiss, like, mm. like everything. And, um, <laughs> and so we dated through high school. And then when we broke up, it was at my behest. Um, and this is sort of that, like my mom had to lecture me and the, like I had never been brokenhearted mm-hmm. and never been broken up with. And this is a lesson to everyone because if it's never found you, it certainly will. If you've never been on the receiving end mm-hmm. and ma- maybe you're married and like, maybe you never, you got through it. Maybe you won't feel But it. you'll feel other heartache. I mean, you'll feel other, of course, it. of course. Yeah. But that's a different, it's a different kind of thing to have your like, and my mom always talks about like, when you're the one on the receiving end, always kind of holding the torch. So I broke up with poor Davis for this other boy who, again, a reference to Little Women, was a bit of a Timothy Chalmette. Are you familiar with the actor? Oh, he's like this heart. He's like basically the Leonardo DiCaprio of the younger generation. He's like, looking at him, he looks like a child, but there's something also wildly attractive about him. And he's like this like dark hair, blue eyes. Like he's so, so my type. Um, And so... Timothy, I dated this like Timothy Chalmette of a bad boy. And on this occasion, we got to go to Europe during the start of our relationship on a trip. And our teachers were very like, let us do what we want. And this is in high school. We did what we wanted to. So it was basically like young love in Europe, which was awesome. Yeah. And then moving from that, I dated the same person for a really long time off and on. We had a really toxic, terrible relationship. We Mm -hmm. lived together when I was like 18 years old, which is insane especially in by Mississippi standards, it was like a weird time. And we, it was like a, that was like my fierce, what they, uh, you know, you read about like, especially in all the woo groups, it's like the twin flame or the soulmate. I wasn't and, even familiar with that term, but we went to that dinner and everybody was talking about it. Yeah. I never even heard okay, of Okay. So like a twin flame, it, it's like, what's the difference between a twin flame and a soulmate? But there, the difference basically of uh-huh. these concepts a twin flame is like somebody that you feel this like super strong, passionate connection to where you like, it was my first experience where somebody literally could un- know what I was thinking before the words came out of my mouth and vice versa. You just mm-hmm. get each other on that kind of a level. Mm-hmm. And I had never experienced that before. There was like, I had felt love and I'd felt like those feelings, but never that kind of a connection where it's like, like other people just don't get it. And mm-hmm. other people didn't get it because it yeah. was a, not a very healthy relationship. So yeah. everybody around us, you know, which doesn't help. It's like, they're like, get out. Y'all got, y'all are bad for each other. And it just almost exacerbates this like yeah. toxicity. So yeah. for me, it was like, we dated for a really long time, broke up, got back together, broke up. Like, you know, I never really, I had one guy that I did the on and off thing with, but I usually, if it was done, it was done. No, this was to like, and it, this was like a crazy degree where it was like just very dramatic, very like, I don't know. It's like and that, this it, is the when you talk about the bad breakup, this is this it. was the bad breakup because yeah. it lasted forever. And in that time in my breakup, I was living on what's referred to as your Pluto line in um in astrogeography, which like your Pluto line is like this. It's a line that basically reflects the map in the sky of when you were born. And for me, my Pluto line falls on New Orleans, which is like where I was living during the majority of my breakup. And if you, if at, for me living there, it was basically like I had to dwell in my heartache. Like my poor roommates at that time, they thought I was insane. I was insane. Like I would literally yeah. spend all day crying and it's all I could talk about. And I couldn't eat. I weighed like 93 pounds. And um, we ended up getting back together, went on a beach trip, he had been cheating, <laughs> cheating on me, even though we were back together. And I like called the number on the phone. I mean, it was very dramatic. I punched him in the cars. We like drove home. I mean, it was a crazy town. And, and that was really pretty much it. 
And then we kind of kept, we kept in contact because it's like very hard to cut off contact with somebody you've talked to every day for eight years. Like it really is Mm -hmm. like, what do you do? And so we kept in contact really till about till I moved to Austin. And then we kind of stopped and it was like six months of like really. Moving is really helpful. Oh God, moving. Before, before we like cut off contact, I moved back to my mom's in Mississippi at 25 for, uh, I guess like, like three or four months, four months maybe. And I had a summer fling and that summer fling brought me back to my existence. It literally made me like human again because, and it was such a thing. It was like this guy, he was moving to Germany at the end of the summer. I knew I was moving to Austin. There was no chance for a future. Um, We wrote letters to each other for a while, but it was like, it was like very romantic and whirlwind, but also like there's no real stakes, low stakes and no real like investment. Like this isn't, there's no future here, but somebody who I'll always like appreciate. And it's like, I'm very, we call it like the summer of, um, because my best friend was there too, Ben. He lived there that summer and we like, I had a key to his house and he had this beautiful yellow house called Sunshine City. And we just like, we spent the whole summer there. It was just a very romantic summer, even amongst friends, like where you're having these like really prolific conversations. And like, it was coming out of a heartbreak where like, I actually envy people who who get to this point when you go through a heartbreak and you get to come out when you're coming up out of it. It's like this beautiful, prolific time where I don't think you learn as much about yourself ever. Like I, you know, people were always, it's like, you're so caught up in like, will I ever feel better? Will I ever feel better? That there's those days where you don't, and then you do, and then you don't, and then you do. And that time period is like, you just discover so much about yourself. You, you find new interests, you find new friends. Like, so we call it the summer of 39 because we drank a lot of this wine called Lime 39 also all that summer. And it's just a special summer for everybody in there. And even though nobody is still like together Mm -hmm. with their partners and nobody's still close friends with anybody from that summer, but it was just a special moment. Then I came here and Nathan and I had kind of a meet cute, which was he, I met him doing hair. So he came in and he was a client and I was like, God, he was so cute. I can remember going out with my friend Susanna right after and being like, all the cute ones have girlfriends because he didn't ask me out. So like he must have a girlfriend. (laughs) And then he came back and I was like, oh, he's got, you know, I've got to give him my information and, you know, pretty much been together ever since. And then love has now it shifted into something that was a lot more mature. I was a lot more hesitant. I was a lot more um, guarded. I was a lot more like I compared a lot from that relationship to the one before Mm -hmm. in terms of like passion versus like comfort and like what's healthy and what's not and trying to kind of reenact some of my bad behaviors that he was like, no girl. And I was like, (laughs) oh, we can't do this. So yeah. yeah, So a different kind of love and now we're married and have kids and it's, you know, it's different. Yeah. What yeah. about you? Like, give me your history now, because I, oh. I didn't mean to go all the way yeah, through. Yeah, so, well, I, I talked about it to 10, but then, like, what happens next? So, huh, well, I was definitely also one of the guys. I was, like, always really prided myself on that, but also, like, felt much more comfortable just, like, hanging out with the boys than I did with girls. Like, I didn't really see myself in other girls, but I, like, just was so comfortable with boys, which then put me in an awkward situation of, like, when someone catches feelings, then being like, but I always wanted to be like the cool, the easy, the whatever. Mm. And, but I had no mystery. Like you talk about guarding your mystery. Like I always like pushed myself onto situations and to boys where I'd be like, I'd really, really like them. And I was like, just a bad projector. Like I would just become like too much where yeah. I'd like fall into like really, really liking somebody and it just like not them not being interested in me. So that was like a hard lesson to learn. And like you talked about being like a late bloomer. I sort of was too. I mean, I always had like um, nice boys that would like, I I remember this one guy, Nick Galen. Oh man, we went on like dates in high school and he would like, he was just so nice. He would like drive me places. And he, he's still like, I mean, I don't know him anymore, but he was just like a really nice guy. We like saw each other again in college. We we swam at a meet together because we were like in the same district or whatever. And he was just like always so nice, but like it didn't like, grow. Yeah. And then I had like really nice boy guy friends who would like then take me to dances and stuff. Cause I almost, oh, I never dances, had, yeah. I never had a boyfriend to take me to a dance. Like yeah. it was always like a guy friend. And sometimes I would have like a crush on him. Sometimes I wouldn't. I had this one boy in high school who we ended up swimming on the same, we were in the same high school. And so we swam on the same team and then we went to college at the same college. And mm-hmm. I just like had this fantasy in my head of like, us going to college yeah, together and being yeah. like the high school kids. And, that, and I mean, we like were interested in each other on and off in high school, but it never, we were never boyfriend and girlfriend. Right. And then like the first party, he like 
hooks up with another girl oh, and I was like yeah, devastated yeah. and I think that they got married oh oh yeah so it was like this thing where I was like all broken up about it but I don't know if they're still married but I know that they got wow. married I don't like keep up with people I know I'm terrible about it too um on Facebook or anything and like honestly like I unfriended like a ton of people from my past just like I don't know I just don't I don't know it doesn't work for me but that was sort of like me in my like 10 to 20 there I mean it's just like he was like the one that got away, right? That yeah. like high, the high school to college guy. But then while I was in college, the kid that I was like interested in when I was 10, my family friend, he lived in California and he ended up moving to Las Vegas and going oh, to wow. school at UNLV because, I mean, I think it was because of me. Oh, really? For sure. I mean, wow. he, had, no, he was, that was like it. And he had like, he had a high school girlfriend, um, like all throughout high school. And then he and I like really did become boyfriend and girlfriend, but it was like a very rocky, tumultuous like thing where it was like not good. And I know I was like him and like the boyfriend that I had before that both were like really not good for me, but I learned so much and I was also not good for them. Yeah. Like I wasn't good. I was like a disaster, like <laughs> hysterical and just nuts. I remember my, my first boyfriend in college, like I remember we were walking on the street and he, I mean, he had cheated on me and it was like not a oh, good situation. Yeah. It was bad. So but heartbreaking. I was like, well, we should just be done. Like I, I showed the door, like I said, we should, and he like called me on it and was like, he didn't fight for me. Like yeah. I wanted him to fight for me and he didn't. And so then it was like over and I was devastated. And there's another guy in college that like he and I were always on and off. And like, I could never like, I could never close the deal. Like it was, yeah. just, but, but that's because now I know is because like, I was too much. I didn't guard my mystery. Like, it was just yeah. like... Oh, I mean, like, I've I've had it both ways where, like, my Timothy Chalmette mysterious bad boy of high school. Yeah. The mistake I made there was to guarding my mystery. I mean, I had crazy rules where, like, literally... <laughs> no, really. I had rules where it was like, if he texts me, I can respond in three hours. If he calls oh, me, yeah. I cannot pick up until the fourth ring. I had crazy, crazy. but girl, it worked. Oh. Number one, it worked. Sorry, <laughs> Jesse Wheeler. <laughs> I got a name of all, right? Um, sorry, Jesse Wheeler, because like I literally was like working so hard to play you. But the problem was it was this battle of who could care less. Yeah. And when you do that, he didn't sometimes know how much I actually cared about sure. him. And so he did things that were in typical bad boy fashion. Totally. Not great, not being yeah. a great boyfriend. And that was my fault because we weren't, were, uh, I wasn't direct and honest. Yeah, but the thing is, is like you're all, you're learning through all of that and you don't know how to, I mean, there was like so, yeah. there was like a few guys in my life that like were probably the best guys that like never went anywhere because like we were both, good. And then the worst ones where I was bad and they were bad. We like those relationships went so much farther because we were both disasters together. Yeah. Oh, I think that that's, there's truth in that. Yeah. Like, like oh man, there yeah. was like one boy and I met him when I was in Kansas. So I was little, I was like 10, 12, whatever. And he and I never lived in the same place. We knew each other through swimming. We met and we had this like crazy crush on each other where we would write letters and we would be on the phone. I mean, I, he's married now, but he's like still, he's like one that I like think about where I'm like, he was just like such a good person. And like yeah. that relationship was just like a love and connection. And we cared so deeply yeah. about each other, but because we never lived in the same place, we only saw each other at swim meets on occasion. And so it was like, we all, we gave each other the best of each other. Yeah. You know, it was like, it was just good. So there, yeah, I don't know. Things were like, things got progressively messier through college. And then when I graduated college, that boyfriend that moved to Las Vegas, he, he and I were a complete disaster. He lived in California and I moved from Las Vegas to San Francisco thinking like, oh, well, if there's still a chance with him, then this would be it. Yeah. And he was back with his high school girlfriend. Oh, so it was a total yeah. like, um, and we didn't, I mean, we didn't live, we lived like an hour and a half from me. It wasn't close. Yeah. But I was like, if this is, this is it, oh, this I get is that. it. And I mean, then, I definitely think I was going to move back to LA when I ended up in Austin and mm -hmm. there's a hundred thousand percent, some portion of me that was like, if I just stay close, like his family moved to Texas. I think he, he lives in Texas, um, still. And I was like, if I move to Texas, I'm not far enough that he can't reach me. Yeah. And if it's, if it's going to oh, happen, it, you yeah. know, it, you have to have a certain amount of access. And yeah. then after that, it's like, so yeah, so that didn't work. And then I moved to Raleigh. So I moved from San Francisco to Raleigh, North Carolina on like 
New Year's essentially. Like it was like the very beginning of January. So I started a year like 2008. I started 2008 like fresh. And there was like a few guys when I first moved to Raleigh was like on and off. I definitely like had a stint of time where I was like with guys. And this was actually through high school. I would like end up with guys that had girlfriends, but I didn't know it. So then I was like the other woman, but like, and it was like once in high school, once in call, like it was just like, it kept, and I was like, what is going on? And so like, now I look at it with like my woo glasses of like discernment Mm. hindsight and be like, well, that was the energy you were putting out and like not being available enough and blah, blah, blah. Who knows what it was? so gross like just like well you didn't know and it's like but it's hard to be eventually I did know though yeah I mean and so then I would be in these situations where like I had real feelings and they were telling me like oh well it's not real with her and da 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 all that yeah yeah so I mean this is a valentine's day episode about (laughs) love but it was like so much learning about myself and what my sta- standards were and what my boundaries were and like yeah. what would I and be that's okay every, with. That's all everything is. Like, totally. And, and you know, it's all like people talk a lot about like bad dates. Like did you ever just do like a lot of casual dating? That I didn't do because yeah. I because I always had that lens of like being one of the guys. Yeah. And so that was always like the entry point. And I, yeah, that's kind of me too. Yeah. So like I, I know that I had like another girlfriend where we were both single at the same time and she was like dating, 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 like going out on dates. And I mean, and if you look at both of us, like she was like the one that could do her hair and makeup good. And she would be the one that would like be able to like hang for dinner with like a guy that she just met. Right. Whereas I was like. The idea of that would make you like more uncomfortable. I couldn't handle yeah. Like it just wasn't. I could. I mean. Well, and I mean, I think that's now it's like, you know, with Tinder and all these apps and stuff and people go on these like quickie dates. And then it's like you're. A, you're being exposed to so much more in general. Like you have so much more to choose from. You have so much more to discard from. So like when you think really about how rare actual connection really is, like when you really, really think about it, it is no surprise that people struggle to find a person and feel overwhelmed at how many people they've met that aren't the person because you're in this like, you're like just having more exposure. You're having more exposure. So of course it's going to feel like even more like you're rare. you're losing more. It's gonna fe- yeah. yeah. And it's going to feel like, God, why can't I find X? Like, yeah. so I don't envy, like, like I started dating Nathan. I think like Tinder came out like maybe a few months into our relationship. Oh, So it was like, okay. I never had to experience yeah. it. It came out like right then. That's just when it started. Like that was when it was like nothing too. So it was yeah. like, I would hear people talk about it, but not like it became. And then now there's like, 10 billion bubble. Yeah. And I all mean, that. Adam and I met, I was 22. Yeah. And we, I think I had like a, um, a match profile. But, yeah. And I had met, I met a guy off MySpace one time. Oh, I had a Tumblr boyfriend. Which was super sketchy. Yeah. Also um, sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Adam and I met when we were 22 and 23 and it was an office romance. We worked together and it was one of those things where I had a few girlfriends be like, Ooh, Adam's really cute. And I was always like, no, like I was like not yeah. interested. And he was the same. And then we went away for a work thing in Las Vegas and we were out of our everyday environment and seeing him like out in the world. And we both love Las Vegas and just like seeing him from a different perspective. I was like, oh, he is cute and he yeah. is smart. And like he, he was like everything that I never had in another guy, which is like, it feels so cliche to say that, but he's really stable and consistent. And I mean, some of those qualities now are like sometimes like things that we like bicker about where I'm like, Oh yeah. I can't get a rise out of him. Like the fights that I used to have with old boyfriends when I was a child and behaving like one, he would never, like you said, like he would never hang in that. Nathan at when we first started dating, we were out at a bar with friends and we started dating for reference when I was like 25 and we were at a bar with all of our mutual friends and like in our mutual friend group is Nathan's sister and my brother-in-law and my brother-in-law was playing a show at the time. He's in a band and uh, we were at his show at Mohawk in Austin, a bar here. And I can't remember what happened, but it's like Nathan kind of thought I was like flirting with somebody. So he decided he was going to like be flirty in my face or something like which that, that's really not even mm. I guarantee Nathan was not doing this actually because this is just your this is my perceived notion yeah. at this moment in time because yeah. that is actually not even who Nathan is. Yeah. He did not. He would not do that. It wasn't maybe it wasn't. I can't see him flirting with me. He probably was like ignoring me or like, <laughs> yeah. because that I can. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what happened, but this, <laughs> like, I'm sure my sister and brother-in-law remember because they were done with the show and they're like sitting at a table and I'd slam my beer down on this table 
and I flip him the bird uh-huh. and I run out of the <laughs> mohawk and I start trying to like, I guess call a cab. I don't even think it was, yeah. was Uber around maybe. Um, call a cab, Uber, whatever. And he comes out there and he's just like very like stoic. And he's like, hey, I don't know what this is but it's not going to fly with me. I don't know what you're used to, but that's not going to work with me. And he was like, this is immature. It's unnecessary. It's embarrassing. And Ooh, I, I, I'm, I'm nervous. I mean, yeah, he's like, Nathan is definitely, I mean, I'm, I will always be somebody he's got to bring back down to earth sometimes, but that's the nature of our relationship and why it works because it's like, we are different. And with my twin flame character, I think parts of us were so much alike that like you knew a negative thought before it entered the other person's brain, which is like a horrible place to be in when it's like, yeah. you know, I don't know. It just was like, well, there's like, I think that in, when I look back and I mean, cause I haven't really like thought about any of this. I'm not somebody who like, because I don't live anywhere I used to live and yeah. I don't go back to any of those sure. places. I don't have I don't any either. of those friends. Well, you, I mean, no, you have. No, I don't. I cut have, off myself from every single person from that phase of my life for the majority. And like. No, but like your best friends were your friends. Oh, my when childhood you were in friends. Those re- they, relationships. they all know. I have two best friends and we have like a unique dynamic and that I do have these two people who like literally have known me forever. Through, yeah. But they only really. Have, and your sister, like your family. You, you don't, I mean, I don't I, talk to them my perception is that you would have I more. Mean, I will say my sister and I lived together when I was partially like dating, you know, but she only had, she had a certain aspect. I had trouble yeah. with my family, like trying to, I don't like sit here and reflect on those relationships in terms of like, like I'm not mourning this past relationship. No, like that's all that. gone. No, no. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I think that was a really like, you know, you have to think I was dating them up until I was 25 almost. So yeah. it's sort of like it went through from, I met him when I was 18 to 25. So like that's an air, that's basically the as long as that person existed. And mm-hmm. then for the majority bulk of it, we were together. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like, or if we weren't, we were still talking every day. Yeah, And it's like this one link to, I think of it as like a link to myself during that time. Now, do I love myself during that time? No, I yeah. think I've like so, I've changed exponentially. I've grown up exponentially. I don't even consider myself in so many ways the same person, even though I am, Um, you know. Yeah. But I think I just, I look, I have such a weird like nostalgia for just that, those years in your life, like 18 to 25. I mean, that's, I think that's fairly normal or 18, 24. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not saying it's not. No, no. I agree with you. But I I know what you mean. Like I'm not. um, No, but I'm, what I was going to say is that like, I haven't sat down and thought about like my evolution in love ever. Like to to sit down and think about like, well, what would, were those decades like and who was I and what did I, how did I grow? And I think I have such an appreciation for even the two guys that are the handful of guys that were like the biggest yeah. jerks, like th- the learning that I went through and the person that yes. I was able to evolve to. And I mean, Adam and I talk about this a lot because when we first started dating, he, and we don't talk about it a lot, but it's something we have discussed is that he had just like broken up with his college girlfriend and he had the same college girlfriend the whole time through college. And it was like his first real serious relationship. So he did that. And then he had like a few, whatever. And then it was me. So there wasn't like a ton. I mean, he had his fun, but it, you know, there was always like a reference back to that girlfriend. Like Nathan's the same. He has only had two girlfriends, but I'm always like one, if we met in college, you and I would not have gotten along Same at all. Nathan and and I both say that. I'm so grateful that she kept you alive, that you like, (laughs) that you learned how to be a boyfriend, that she kept you alive through your, you know, college form, formidable college years. And I, I mean, there's just like, nowadays there's so much less drama in my relationships, but you know, we've talked about before that people just like crave drama and we're like made for it. And like, I get my drama on housewives now, but like I used to be the drama, you know what I mean? Like I was like a hot mess through my relationships. And so it's, but it's nice to look back on that and be like, okay, I mean, you came out the other end. It's like, all right. I apologize to anybody who lived with me from 2006 to 2011 (laughs) because it was some, (laughs) <laughs> it was really hard, especially mm-hmm. for the people who lived with me and my boyfriend, because I'm yeah. like, we had like a, so many roommates and I'm like, those people just bless them. Cause they were like, what, where am I living? What is this? Who are these people? Yes. Um, I, I've changed. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. But like to what you said, like we change, you change, but then also like the core of who you are is still the core of who you are. And like, 
you still are. I think it's a different, like I've heard of these things called like attachment styles and it's different. I'm definitely having a different attachment style today than I did. And I think a lot of times the attachment styles can come from things that need to be like healed psychologically. Like I was in, I remember like being in therapy during my twin flame years and in New Orleans and I went to this therapist and she 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 let me go on for like the full hour about like and then we broke up and then we're back together and now he does this to me and he calls me and then this and you know I was a cr- like cuckoo bananas and after the end of the hour she like looks at me and I think she's gonna like tell me some like great thing about an answer what to do, an answer yeah. and she says let's cut the <laughs> you're needy <laughs> <laughs> yep <Yeah. laughs> duh and I like stuck with me forever and I, I was like so just like. <gasps> But it threw me immediately. And it's such a Tony Robbins like technique of like just get somebody immediately out like because they're in trauma, get them out of it because then they have a new, they can see clearly because I couldn't see clearly. And like months later, it's like, of course, that's always stuck with me even now. But it's like, I'm I'm in no way that as needy as I was then, Mm -hmm. but it was like a different attachment style. But I also, I think when it's that level of like, investment in your heart and like that first when they say like I had obviously had first loves I had boyfriends I dated for like two years at a time that were before this person but I think it's like for that one that was like the most prolific because I felt so all in just like a swept away kind of like crazy like we're like attachment Mm -hmm. and it was like this feeling of if I don't have this person and they move on with somebody, I will die. Like, just like, like truly like thought that. And it's like, now I can't, I can remember feeling that way, but I can't even empathize with myself in some ways. Cause I'm like, how, how did you feel that way? Why yeah. did you feel that way? And it's yeah. like, thank God I don't ever feel that way. But I'm like, who knows? Like, I mean, you know, people go through divorces and stuff in their forties oh, and stuff. Sure. And like, it looks like not fun. So I don't know. No. And like, you know, the more you have it, now it's like a different level of attachment. It's like, we own a house together, well, we have children so together. And yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and that's what I was thinking when we kind of like thought about breaking it down by the decade. Cause now like entering 31 plus it's like a whole love is like a whole different thing. Yeah. I've become, I mean, since turning 30, like I got married, I had two kids and like my life, I have a house. Yeah. Like my life is so different. But one of the things that's been a huge um, bonus that I wasn't expecting was after a lifetime of being one of the guys, I've really established some lovely friendships and relationships with other women, something I never had before. I mean, there are, I've had friends, but I have like actual like real love relationships with many women now. Um, And that is like a whole new thing. So that's like one of the parts of love that is so nice. And then also the other one is kids. Like Mm -hmm. that's a totally different experience of love. Oh God, it is. It isn't, it isn't because like- I don't even think it's like the same thing as what, like what I thought love was. This is like a different thing that I don't have a word for. Like it's like- ownership but nice like you know what I mean like they own me and I own them and and then I know we don't actually own each other at all but I'm like so responsible for them but then they're gonna be their own people it's just like I don't know even like the way like I love the way Wilder smells and I think of like have you ever dated somebody you like really attracted to their scent which like I shouldn't really be attracted to my child scent because it's it's not the same that's what I'm saying love but it is because it's like I do it's that like it's visceral it is it's a visceral thing it's just a feeling like yeah. you know it's not necessarily something you but can, that's like, what I mean control. when I'm like I own you you own me like that like sense of like that like I have like when moms, yeah, moms are like saying. I gotta get the baby sleep gotta get the baby sleep the baby's asleep and you're like oh now I miss the yeah, baby yeah. it's like psychotic or when you're like <laughs> on your phone like yeah it's actually not that different from like those crazy romance years yeah that, and, then, and, and also like the drama of it like sometimes like the amount of pain that like a three-year-old's words can inflict on me when I know he doesn't mean harm but yeah. when he's like I want data I'm like oh god <laughs> no yeah you or if me. like you hurt their feelings oh I'm like yeah. Oh, I get sad when I hurt his feelings. Owen accidentally threw a book at my face the other day. Oh, God. And I was like, that really hurts on a physical and emotional level. You know, like it's just like, so I'm glad, I'm thankful for all of the learning that I've had through my relationships. And now this like different realm, it's like a different country. It's just a whole different thing for me. 
Um, motherhood and parenting has just like opened my eyes to who I am and who I don't, the things I don't like about myself. Yeah. But then also like, it's such a quick access to love. Like, it's just like, even in the most frustrating times, like I always feel love. Yeah. So that's really sweet. Um, <laughs> I think it, it is. is really sweet. What about like how you express love and how you receive love? Like what are the things? I mean, that... my love language is like words of affirmation. Okay. Um, well, I think you're doing a great job. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I, <laughs> I struggle. It's funny because like I struggle to receive compliments in like my day to day life. And I struggle sometimes to like it's actually interesting because I actually feel like I, I don't express How myself. How do you know what your love language is? You just read the you book? You never taken the love language quiz? No. There's a quiz. And the book. I've read the book. Um, but I just like Google it on the internet. Yeah. You oh. can take it. Okay. Um, and so there's different ones. There's like acts of service, which is Nathan's, which I this is what I find to be the case. It is not that hard. I mean, granted, he finds it pretty hard. It's like lowest on his list is words of affirmation. So we have very mm -hmm. different love language styles. Mm -hmm. And he, very low on his list is words of affirmation. So he used to have to like keep a note in his, like a alarm in his phone like once a week to like pay me a compliment because he knew that that mattered to me. And for me, his is acts of service, which like, frankly, that's a really difficult love language to live up to because I'm constantly having to actually do stuff. Like that's really hard. Like I, I got to freaking wash the dishes for you to feel loved. You just have to tell me I'm pretty. Come on. Like it is not fair. So anyway, <laughs> that's my one rant about that. But that's, it's the truth of it. Nathan really does. Like when I'm helpful and when I'm like, he likes to be doing things side by side. So if there's a chore he has to do, he really wants me to like help in any way I can. And that makes him feel loved, which is that's a lot. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, it's a big ask because I'm such an independent worker. So I'm like, oh, I don't love like, I don't love working side by side. I'm like, no, just give me the task. You do your task. Yeah. Divide and conquer. That's how we do. And he can't stand it. It's like, we got to go to the grocery together. That makes me feel love. I just love that you call it the grocery. The I call it the H-E-B. I know you do that <laughs> With too. emphasis on the H. <laughs> now Wilder says it. He's like, go to H-E-B. Oh, so cute. Um, but Nathan's is like the other, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of different things, but I think in terms of like actual love languages, those are ours. But I think in ways that I feel loved, like, I don't know. I don't know what makes me feel the most loved. I think I have to look at what Nathan, you, typically you, you give what you're, what you want the what most. What you need. Yeah. And so I have to look at like how Nathan, what the acts of service that he does. And it does make me feel really loved because he is somebody who like. Just does stuff. He does stuff. Yeah. yeah. He's really good about that. And yeah. like just takes care of me. And that yeah. makes me feel loved. So. Yeah. And it's like. It's easy to take that stuff for granted, too. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You, I mean, that's long-term monogamy, people. Like, it's easy yeah. to take things for granted. And mm -hmm. the difference between, like, comfortable and passionate is, like, it, it's, they're vast things, you know? I, like, threw up a little in my mouth when you said that. Like, it's just, like, even the concept of, like, considering the difference between <laughs> yeah. comfortable and Yeah, and, like, where are, like, that's what the guard ah. your mystery is about. Like, uh, you are you going to write a book called Guard Your Mystery? God, I, re I really should, you know. I, <laughs> that would be I have doled out some dating wisdom novel. since I've gotten my own life together. <laughs> um, my favorite book back in the day, if you are dating, and like is called Why Men Love Bitches, and it's by Sherry Argo. You're going to have to bleep a lot of that out. Oh, no. It's unfortunate because they are like my Bibles. They really were. They like truly, and even still, if you're ever like in a funk, Grab those books. Those Do you know one helpful. of the things that like I was like so into is like Bethany Frankel when she was like all in her like love renaissance and she wrote books and stuff and then it all imploded. Yeah. Poor, poor yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But it was like that was that hit right at the time when I was like single and my mm -hmm. friend Christy and I were like really into Bethany and like I was watching so into her. Bethany. Yes. And it's just like, oh, it's so sad. So yeah. sad. Yeah. So yeah, I don't have like a lot of well, one, I've never read that book or done the quizzes. About, oh, the love language. No. Yeah. It's a good book. No. I mean, it has a Christian spin on it, but it, but it does give, it talks about like as cheesy as it sounds, like when your love tank is empty versus your love tank is full. Okay. And it's the interesting thing is when you do try to speak somebody else's love language, they do come, they feel their love tank fills up and then yeah. they feel much more inclined to speak your love language. So it's like, the it's that irony of like, you get what you give. Yeah. And like sometimes I think in long-term relationships, we get so like, you're not doing this for me. Everybody and you're not feels doing like that they're doing me. more than the other Everybody, person. Yeah. And so it's that, it's the, it's the yeah. element of like literally, literally forcing yourself to do more than the other person yeah. so that they can feel like loved. Yeah. 
I don't. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that I'd be really curious if Adam and I did this. I don't know. I mean, I like to give gifts. I like to, I think the things that like I do really well, but I don't always do them is like pay attention to a person yeah. and like really like just like give them my love, yeah. like with my vibes. But on the other side of that, like when I'm not doing that, I think it's also like kind yeah. of obvious. Um, but maybe that's true for everybody. Yeah. Um, and then I like it when I feel like somebody really like gets me and understands me. Yeah. Adam's always given these like really um left out of left field gifts to me where I'm like, what? Like one year he gave me a knife for Christmas. A big uh, chef's gave me a knife. knife for Christmas. Or well, for my birthday one year. I was like, you just gave me a murder weapon. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> it was for Christmas. And I was like, um, it wasn't a set. It was just one knife. Yeah, mine was one knife. And I was like, excuse me? Well, I didn't know that was a thing, but uh, apparently it is. Nathan's give me some left field gifts. And I was like, but it was crazy because it was right, it was Christmas. And then in January I got into this whole healthy eating thing. It was a, like I was cooking constantly and I used that knife every like single a day. Like or something? Yeah. And then it was like the best gift he's yeah. ever given me. Um, and there's been many, many times like that where he's like giving me something and I was like, what? And then it turns out it it's was like something he knows I you needed. better than you knew. Yes. Oh, that's and so good. that always makes me feel so loved. But it's a little tricky because in the moment, like he gave me this coach purse one time and I like opened it and I was like, oh, cool. And he was like, the girl, the girls at the shop all said, it's like, it's really great, but you can, you can go and you can exchange yeah. it. You can like take it there. And so I did. And then I like shopped around and for sure it was the cutest one there. All the girls were like, oh my God, we haven't seen anybody wear that one yet. Like it's brand new and da -da 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 -da. Yeah. And like, I still have that purse and it's like over 10 years old. Yeah. Um, I don't carry it all the time, but like, I will always keep it because yeah. it was like one of those things where I opened it and I was like, huh, I don't know if I like it. And then it turned out like, oh no, I really liked it. And I liked how much everybody else oh. liked it. So yeah, I just like, that is one of the most surprising things about us. But it also is tricky because when my first reaction is like, hmm, it isn't like, oh my God, thank you so yeah. much. It's like, it takes a while for well, me to warm up to that. one of the love languages is gift giving. So maybe huh. that falls somewhere on yours that yeah. that is like a thing for you. you yeah, know, that I it, think like that a really gifts meaningful definitely gift. a thing. For my mom and my sister Meredith, that's, those are definitely their love languages, hmm. I think. Maybe I should take the test. Um, what about like love being woo? Like how do you feel like love and woo tie together? God, I feel like love is kind of the most woo. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like every person in the, I, I almost have to like mute the Lacey Phillips Facebook group a lot of times because everybody's trying to manifest in a partnership. But I do so remember being in those phases yeah. of heartache or those phases of like, loneliness and you know and, and just like wanting somebody to do life with and feeling like yeah. everybody else has somebody yeah, I mean I think love is like I don't know I think a lot of people would argue like in some ways it's what we're here for like you know because like why else would we be yeah. seeking this like why would yeah. so much art and music and our interests be tailored to this one thing like you know half of our us trying to look beautiful or succeed in the world is to like be attractive to like a mate yeah. I mean, really, like on like a base level. I don't know. I mean, yeah. procreation, like is, yeah. is this thing that – like how weird is it that we have babies because we like – Loved each other. We loved each other. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, yeah. really. I mean, it's not yeah. weird. It's the most normal thing on earth, but it yeah. is kind of weird. So it's like, I don't know. I yeah. think it's pretty woo. I mean, yeah. it's just like a it's, and it's interesting. I mean, now that you're like talking about sex, it's like <laughs> we it's a Valentine's Day episode. We're not even gonna talk about sex. But I think sex is like also one of those things that like it makes it very clear that we're animals. Yeah. And then so it's like so perhaps love is like an and also like an animalistic thing, like yeah. that of like, again, like how I said, I feel like I own my children, which obviously I know I don't, but it's that same like feeling of like, yeah, I don't know. It's a tricky, it's a tricky concept. I feel like love borders magic in some ways. And I think that at, as of right now, like romantic love isn't like the top of my list as far as like yeah. what love is. Like, I feel like love is like so much more universal and love is like something that I can like beam to anybody that I'm yeah, thinking about right now. So um, that's sort of where my thoughts about love have taken. And also like, I've spent a lot of time thinking about like love with myself and like loving like the body that I'm in and all of that. So love is just like, again, I mean, we said it could go like in a million different directions. I feel like love does that. Yeah. I mean, I think we all know what love is, even though it's like this really strange, like yeah. hard to define concept, but it's like, yeah. we can say 
like, but we only know our own interpretation of it. Like you and I can both agree that this crystal right here is purple, but like, we can't point to something and be like, that's love. You know what I mean? Yeah. We only have our own experience of it. But then we all watch like a romantic comedy. I don't know. And like you watch like little, the Little Women movie. <laughs> but I'm going to reference again. Please go see it. It's really good. And and when you hear like an audience crying. It's universal. It's a universal yes. thing because yeah. it t- tugs on the same heartstrings. So yeah. like I think it's like, you know, you can always get in like what is up and what is down. You know, you can get sure. into that. But I think there is some sort of tangible quality to it. Otherwise, how could so many people, how could something move so many people? How yeah. could we all look at a piece of art and it's it makes us feel the strong feeling? Yeah. But I think it's like. It's like experienced, which everything is experienced yeah. in your own of course. viewpoint. But I think with, I think love, because, and another thing is like love can be such a, a dodgy subject. It can like really upset people. And like, yeah. so, um, but I think maybe all topics are like that. I mean, we've like felt nervous talking about food, you know, and it's like. I mean, love is a dodgy topic because you can't tell somebody else how to feel. Yeah. And you can't tell somebody else how to love. And you can't yeah. tell, you can't invalidate somebody else's experience by, by like even the people, this is a great example. I, all those people I was surrounded by who could see me in that one relationship right. that was so toxic they're like, that is not love. This is not love. Yeah. But guess what? Maybe it wasn't great. Right. Maybe it wasn't like your expression of it in the way that it should have been, but it was. It was love. You it, do think it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. no, I love that person. I even yeah. still have love for that person. Yeah. I, just not the same. I mean, yeah. there's. The, do I think that like we express love to each other? Do I think that that yeah. was an actual act of showing love? But I mean, love? there's definitely no. times when people are in relationships and they think it's love and then they learn like, oh, that's not what love is. I think like... No, I think I have. Uh, we both had love for each other. Yeah. I think we were both ill-fitted to be in a relationship. Yeah, I think love there's like mean it's safe or okay yeah, or, no, yeah. and that's just it. Yeah. Like just because you have these strong feelings, yes. doesn't mean that you need to carry on forever. Yeah, because it doesn't mean that you're like loving yourself right. by doing so. Like yeah. you know, and and so I think that's yeah. the difference. Is yeah. like like no, I mean I don't wish that like that kind of a relationship. I think a lot of people go through them. Oh, for sure. And, but yeah. I don't wish them on anybody. And I yeah. think like when you're coming out of it, the idea of like will I ever have these strong of feelings for somebody else again? Yeah. And I I don't know. Like I, I don't know that those strong of feelings are what are healthy well, or good. Like is that, is that really I, what I don't you want? Know. Yeah. Right. And is that love like maybe not in the yeah. sense of like what is best for me? Maybe not in the sense of like, but you know I have love for that person. Like. I think so many great things about that person, just that I don't think much great things about our dynamic and our relationship and who I am with that person, which is another thing entirely. So I don't know, but like Nathan, I, you know, I just love him and he's like a very great husband and very great, you know, just a different kind of love. But yeah, romance, I think that is something I want more of this year is like I've thought about and like I'm actively working towards. And that's sort of what the guard your mystery thing is about Yeah, is like, creating a little bit more passion and romance and excitement because it's like, you know, I wear my like long John looking pajamas every night, <laughs> but then it's like, we're watching Mad Men and Nathan's like, I really like Betty Draper's like yeah, but pajamas. There's also like, I mean, we definitely grew up in a time when it was like the girl in the gray sweatpants with the white t-shirt with no bra was like this, the sexy aesthetic. Like it was like the less you, you know, but it, was it, or was it, yes. but was it in real life or was it just in Jennifer Aniston on friends who actually is like stunning, beautiful, fully made up, fully hair well, and I makeup know. and has the thing. But that was like that whole, that whole vibe that I always wanted was like, I'm not trying hard at all, but I'm just, I'm just so alluring Yeah, but I think, I, I think men aren't into it <laughs> is what I actually, I think that's for women. Fine. But I think, I think that's, but that's what <laughs> I've learned because Nathan will straight up, I mean, maybe, and maybe it's just his preferences, but he, like, it means a lot to him when I get dolled up for him. Yeah. When he sees me go to work and I'm always trying to look good for work and it's like, oh, why don't you dress? Like, why don't you dress? Like, oh, I wear his yoga pants, you know? It's like, <laughs> that's a, that's something that I'm trying to be more like, mindful of like not not the second I get home wiping all my makeup off putting my hair in a top knot and putting on my sweatpants and like going and tooting on the couch because it's not cute it's not the look (laughs) that is not guarding your mystery oh you make me laugh you make me laugh I mean is he putting on cologne before he hangs out with you Nathan's never worn cologne a day in his life but he does Nathan's always a little bit put together I mean for the most part so that's That's just kind of who he is oh my gosh well I mean I think love is an energy and I think love is also something that like 
can heal. So I think love is pretty woo. And now like at that turn of the decade and just kind of like talking through all this, it also makes me think about how really, if we want to, we always have time for love. Oh yeah. But like, it is something that in this like long lasting monogamous relationship, and even in relation to children and friendships, there can be an emphasis on all the to do's and all the things. And, and like at the end of the day, like, well, I don't know, what are we all here for? Like, what is the meaning of all of this? What's the purpose? And yeah. like, one of the things is connection. One of the things is like really paying attention and like really exp- expressing your love and feeling love and yeah. like letting that like simmer. And so that's something that I, in having this conversation, I feel like I, there's always time for love. Like we can make a little bit of time for love, which yeah. feels good yeah. for the Valentine's Day. So friends, are you feeling the love? We truly love and appreciate you for joining us on this woo journey. It feels like we've really found our people through this podcast and we hope you have a week with moments of connection, sparkle, and magic, no matter what Valentine's Day means to you. Yes, wish we could all get together for a cozy woo Valentine's gathering, maybe someday. In the meantime, we'll be back next week to get woo-woo with astrology and Mercury retrograde. Bye. Thank you, friends, for listening. Please connect with us at thatsprettywoo.com and on Instagram at thatsprettywoo. Make sure you subscribe to catch next week's episode and share our pod with anyone you know who's into stuff. That's That's Pretty pretty woo. Woo.